It's the Power Hour LSU podcast. Let's go! What if I told you the biggest win for LSU in the past 72 hours did not come on Saturday night in the swamp? It, in fact, happened at the Monday Brian Kelly press conference. Welcome back into the PHL podcast. And look, there's so much to discuss about what LSU did right in a victory versus the Gators. Now, obviously, Jaden Daniels took a massive step forward. Hopefully, his decisiveness and his throwing gets even better. Obviously, there were some concerns about the defense and special teams and Ole Miss coming up. Obviously, we'll have a podcast later this week talking about the Rebels. But I think college football games in and of themselves are oftentimes very random, right? The LSU offense had a really, really, really good day. And the Florida offense as well did some really good things. But the truth was LSU was the better coached team. They were the more consistent team. And they did not, like in their previous games, start off slow now they did defensively but still this was a really 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 good performance by LSU on so many different levels so that is obviously a good thing and a sign that this year's team is going in the right direction now as many of you know this PHL podcast is an extension of what we do on YouTube so don't forget check out power our LSU on YouTube YouTube, because that's where we talk about, you know, each and every play and this and that. But on this podcast, we like to look at the macro. And I think this response to a question about the offensive play calling and how it actually works at LSU tells you something very, very important about Brian Kelly. So it, it comes down from 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 Mike um, and, and Cortez. Uh, obviously, he's got him on the sideline, but um, they're going through our signalers. So I'm hearing them, um, and and I'm just making look. It, there's a there's there's a couple of voices. One, you know, obviously is is enough. You can't have three or four voices when you know, you're getting the play and you're getting into a flow. The one thing, and I've been a play caller, you, you can't get a million suggestions going. You've got to let a play caller go. And, and for me, um, I'm reminding him on whether we're going forward on fourth down and what we need to go forward on fourth down, how many yards. Hey, we're going forward on fourth and three here. So you can run it twice. I'll give him suggestions like that during the series. Um, and, and other than that, kind of allow him to keep in the flow of the game. Um, I'm reminding him of time and timeouts and, and really time management issues uh, more than anything else. Other than that, play calling is it's an art and a science, but, but you, can't, you can't get in the way of the art of it. So I know that was a lengthy answer to what was a really good question there, I believe, from Matt Moscona. I, I don't remember. I just remember chopping that off and saying, I want to do a podcast on this. So Phil was going, that was really good stuff. Um, But look, I think that illuminates two very good things about the future of LSU football, okay? The first is that 
Brian Kelly won't get involved with play calling, which to me is so very important. And it's better served for someone that's main focus is just that very thing. Okay. Now, why is that so important? Well, it's because as a head coach of a college football team, most of the stuff you do has nothing to actually do with the game of football, right? Like, when you think of actual football coaching, you think of what? Play design, you think of, you know, putting the headset on, actually coaching and strategy. But in Division One college football, that's not what you do, right? You have to booster schmooze, you have to fundraise, you got to make all these media appearances, you become oftentimes the biggest celebrity of your state. You have to recruit, you have to do this, you have to do that. And it's a lot, right? That has absolutely nothing to do with football. And in the modern game, the most important thing is to score points. We talked about in our last episode, the yard per play threshold for college football playoff teams. I think it is better served for head coaches to not do that very important thing. Have someone's job be mainly that. Now, truth be told, Mike Dimbrock and Matt House both have to actually call the plays, but, you know, uh, well, excuse me, they both have to recruit on top of calling plays, but it's better if, you know, they just focus, you know, 80 to 90% of their attention on that very important thing. The second thing is the fourth down aspect of what Brian Kelly said, right? Him letting Mike Dimbrock know, hey, we're going to be aggressive on fourth down, opens your playbook up to more possibilities. Now, Truth be told, I am an aggressive fourth down person. That's just something that I've always been. It's part of the reason why I was a big believer in Lane and Dave Aranda for this potential LSU opening. It's because both of them are very aggressive on fourth. I love that. And I think, number one, it's analytically sound. Uh, A lot of teams punt and kick field goals way too much. And number two, I just think it's a good message to send your team. Hey, we are going to be aggressive. We're going to go out there and try to win the game. And I know a lot of people make the sorry excuse for, well, it sends a bad message to your defense that you don't trust them, when the exact opposite of that is true. If I go for it on fourth down, that means I am still trusting my defense in a more difficult position to actually still make a stop and get the football back for us. So, you know, this idea for momentum and all that stuff, it's BS, right? I like fourth down aggressive decision makers. And I think that bit of information gives my play caller some very important intel because I see this all the time with, you know, people that aren't aggressive on fourth down on third and eight, they'll run all routes past the yard marker, which isn't smart football because if a team is blitzing and they blitz a lot of people and they know you're running longer developing routes, guess what? You're dead to rights. And it just limits who you are as a team. So that answer right there gives you some very important intel. And it's also something we just don't know all that much. Who actually is calling the plays. Imagine if early in the year, like it later came out to be from, you know, the SEC network crew that called the LSU or excuse me, the LSU Arkansas game last year, that there was somebody that called first and second down and Jake Pete's But then there was someone who called third downs, right? You oftentimes don't know who actually calls the plays. And you oftentimes do see head coaches 
meddle with the actual play calling instead of just letting whoever's job that is actually let that be their job. And, you know, I, I just think that's just better for teams in general. So, yes, it is true that last week for an entire episode, I flamed Brian Kelly. But part of the reason why I'm still on the BK train Yes, I feel a lot more confident about that when LSU beat Florida, but I also, it does make me happy that I hear Brian Kelly say something that is not only really profound, but very healthy for the future of the program. Now, there's still a lot of stuff that we need to focus on for this year's team, obviously fixing the special teams and got some really good teams with some really good quarterbacks left on the schedule, but Let's actually talk about the team that doesn't really have a great quarterback that's left on the schedule and a team that is really struggling with the thing that we talked about today, and that is Texas A&M. This is a program that obviously recruits really well. They got all the resources in the world, but to have a head coach who calls plays, and as you guys have seen, it is very dated, their play calling, okay? It looks archaic, if you will. Then the other side of that is, well, Jimbo is amongst one of the nation's most conservative decision makers on fourth down. It's not good. If you're a Texas A&M fan for some reason listening to this right now, well, you're, you're kind of screwed unless those two things change. And as many Texas A&M fans know, but they may not want to admit, that's actually holding them back. So in essence, yes, Brian Kelly is also a $100 million coach. Yes, he is also someone that has a lot of guaranteed money. Um, But I feel a lot better about the future of LSU football than I do Texas A&M football because Brian Kelly is a forward-thinking head coach. You normally don't think of 60-year-old coaches as someone that um, is aggressive on fourth down or someone that is ahead of the curve and is very analytically sound like Brian Kelly has been up to this point. So, Yes, you may not agree with me on fourth down aggression, but what you do on first and second down is as important as what you do on fourth. And giving that very piece of intel to the play caller really helps you out, right? It lets you know that you don't have to get all the yards on this play or that you have these amount of downs to work with. And I think the teams that do that will win out in the long term. Let me know what you guys think of today's episode. Don't forget, give five-star reviews and all that good stuff and share this podcast with whoever might be listening to this. Obviously, a little bit later in the week, we'll do a Ole Miss preview and come check out our live streams and everything that we do on the Power Hour LSU YouTube channel. Now, we like to give out one very special ducat at the end of every single episode, and it is about Mike Dembrock. Good stuff. He did a lot of things that I liked in the Florida game. And if you go check out our film studies, you'll get to see what those things actually are. So go to the Power Hour LSU YouTube channel right now. Okay. It's the PHL podcast, baby. Let's keep it going, Jaden. Let's keep it going. And tonight. Oh, it's tacos night two. Let's go.